fear the talking queers. Boom. Happy spooky season, bitch. Yes, bitch. It's full-fledged October. So when we already had an October episode come out, obviously House of Wax, but we recorded that in September. Yeah, so, so this is our first venture into October. This We are in the thick of it. Yes, bitch. Bang on the bongos. <laughs> Bang on the bongos. Ding on the dongo. Yeah. <laughs> Twerk on the dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Well, um, so I think the most appropriate thing for October would to t- be to tell ghost stories, right? Oh, yes. Uh, duh. Hello. Tell me one. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> so I have a couple. Okay. Some of them are fast. Okay. Some of them are long. So I'll go. From... Wait, we need to introduce ourselves. I, I jumped the gun. Oh, well, I, Frankie, am the one about to tell go- a ghost story. Well, I, Jake, am about to sit on my ass and listen so. <laughs> <laughs> and together we are fear the talking queers whoop whoop all right i'm really excited for this okay so i'm gonna go from shortest to longest seems the most appropriate yeah absolutely so one time i was um at my grandma's house eating a banana and watching the price is right i'm sure because <laughs> That was always like her rhythm. The Price is Right and then Young and the Restless would come on after. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Same exact thing. Yes. For me, my grandma. Price is Right, then Young and the Restless, yes. then Bold and the Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, we always turned it then. That was the one with like the little the little man. No. Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sitting there eating my banana and all of a sudden I look down the hallway, the long down hallway. It's a, It's very... Um, dark, but at the end, there's one room that has, like, you know, this soft, glowing light that comes from the window. And I see, bitch, an apparition appear before my eyes. An appellation? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, yeah. an apparition. Oh my god, what was it? Okay, so it was a man, and he was peeking from behind where the hallway curves into my grandma's room. And I was like, I start choking on this banana and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I, and I ran to my grandma. She's in the kitchen. I'm like, grandma, I just saw a ghost. And I, and she was like, what did he look like? And I said, he looks like the man in this picture. My great grandpa, his name is Trinidad. I've never met him. I've never met him. He was never alive in my lifetime. And I was like, but I, but I, I could recognize his face from this picture that they have in the hallway of him. I was like, it was him. Whoa. It was him. It was him. And he was wearing a brown hat with a stripe. You know, I, I explained it to her, and she goes, "Oh my God, we bought him that hat for his birthday. It was his favorite hat." And I didn't know that. I've never seen a picture of him wearing this hat. I just saw him appear before me as a as a see through man. I, I was less like, "Oh my God." Oh, he was like, "See, wow." He was see like you could see through him, but he's just like peeked over really quick and he was smiling he was nice but uh, he didn't speak to me or anything like that but um, yeah what do you think he wanted i think he just wanted to introduce himself say hello i've never met him before (laughs) we're both both gemini's how polite (laughs) (laughs) Um, another one I have is, okay, I told this 
story in another episode that we have recorded already. But it was when I made all my confirmation and communion for my Catholic religion. Um, right. I was performing all my rites. They gave me all of my little trinkets as gifts, you know, doves and Virgin Marys and Jesuses. And they were on a floating shelf um, above my dresser in my room. The dresser was next to my bed, and in between my bed and the dresser was a garbage can. Bitch, this floating shelf let go on one side, and all my religious trinkets slid right into the garbage. <laughs> Wow. Um, my mom was, I woke up and my mom was collecting the shattered remains of statues and she was crying. She was so scared. She thought like that the devil was out to get me because I was reading Harry Potter books. That's sweet of her to not think that you were the devil. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she. It was a, during a time when I was like in, really into the first Harry Potter book. And so she kind of, I think, what? thought in her head that it <laughs> was because of that. I know, I know. I fucking hate Harry Potter, but I just guess every, you know, I was just following the yeah, trends. I, was, I did too. I never read the fucking book. <laughs> yeah, I got in trouble in my uh, fourth grade at the Christian elementary school I went to for reading Harry Potter for um, like, you know, your hours of reading you have to do sometimes, you know, as mm-hmm. a kid. I read Harry Potter and I got in trouble for that. Yeah, bitch. That book is evil. And now we know why. <laughs> yeah, literally. Ms. fucking yeah. J.K. Rowling and her fucking bullshit. Anyways, yeah, that. So that was scary. And then I had this friend growing up. When we were little, this bitch used to see spirits. What? This bitch what was like a medium. Scary ones, good ones. Okay, so one time we were playing basketball outside. I know, this is another crazy story. Me <laughs> playing fucking basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's the scary shit right there. <laughs> I was just kind of, you know, you know, flouncing around. Cheerleading. Um, yeah, and this bitch is staring behind me. It's nighttime, and she's looking at the porch of this house, and I'm like, at my grandma's house yet again. And and she's like, do you see that man standing there? And I'm like, uh, no. And she's like, there's a man sitting on the porch right there in like a rocking chair. And I'm like, no, I don't see any man. She was like, I think something's wrong with him. And I'm like, I, there's nobody there. Don't try to scare me. <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, you know, whatever. So she got really freaked out, and went, we went into the house. And her emotion of fear was genuine. I don't think she was playing around, you know. I think she was maybe like 12 and I was like 10 or something. Or even younger, maybe. Um, so we go into the house and my she describes this man to my grandma. And she was like, I think something was wrong with him. He looked like this. I think he was Hispanic or maybe white. I don't even remember the details. But basically, um, the person she described was a previous neighbor of my grandma who had been shot and killed at a, a gas station or a liquor store or something. But he had been shot and killed. Wow. And she described him perfectly to my grandma. My grandma knew exactly who she was describing. Isn't that weird? What's wrong with your grandma's house? Why is it so You scary? know, I don't know. I guess it's just, it was, it's the oldest house on the block. So it's just like... Things have happened. History. In the yeah, yeah. It's um yeah, I, I don't, maybe it's a portal. I don't know. <laughs> wow. Well, that's crazy. So, that yeah. so many. One time I thought I saw um this like fan of the opera looking ghost when I was younger. <laughs> I was like asleep and then I opened my eyes and then he was like standing there and I was like ah! <gasps> and then I closed then I closed my eyes and then I opened up and he was gone. So Oh my god. That's as far as, like, my, like, personal paranormal experiences go. But, Mm. I mean, that's crazy that you've had so many. 
I thought it'd be fun since I didn't really have like a, a ghost story to tell. I think that we should um, create a ghost story or at uh, least like a spooky story, not a ghost story, but a spooky story with a Mad Libs. What do you say? Oh, do I get to choose the words? Yes, of course. Okay, okay, okay. I'm all for it then. Okay, this is going to be super fun. If somebody out there has been living under a rock and doesn't know what Mad Libs are, basically it's like a story written out and then somebody has pre-taken out words and verbs and nouns yes and then you ask somebody um to you know put the words in and then you read the story and it's usually pretty hilarious yeah most of the time most of the time let's cross our fingers this one so here we go it's kind of long so oh shit yeah so all right give me a verb um house no Uh, okay, okay, okay. Ooh, okay, a verb. Uh, blow. <laughs> okay. Adjective. Ugly. I'm right, ugly ass. Ugly ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plural noun. Booties. Plural noun. Bussies. <laughs> verb ending in ing. Sucking. I'm hella amateur. Um, adjective. Horny. Adjective. Loose. Okay, adjective. Stinky. <laughs> Noun. Homo. Verb. Douche. 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 Adverb. So like describing a verb. Quickly. Adjective. Flowy. Noun. Dick. <laughs> I was waiting for it. All right. All right. Plural noun. Dicks. <laughs> adjective. Brown. Uh, adjective. Pretty. All right. Part of the body. Butthole. <laughs> Butthole. I should have saved bussy for that one. I know. Adjective. Hairy. Adjective. Blonde. <laughs> I was just looking at your Are hair. Are you looking at me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was looking at your hair. Celebrity. Paris Hilton. Verb ending in ing. Fucking. Person in room. Jake. <laughs> oh wait Bathsheba No <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting that Bathsheba She's here bitch Summon We conjured her up Bathsheba Verb Fly Number 13 Plural noun Mermaids Part of the body Belly button Verb Hump Noun Ghost Plural noun Jack-o'-lanterns Noun Wiener Adjective. Holy. Noun. Spider. Verb. Stab. Plural noun. I'm right, titties. I always like titties. Okay, put that. Yeah, titties. Adverb. Sloppily. Okay, last one. Noun. Pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You ready for this? Oh my God. Blow me away with this story. (laughs) All right. Throwing the perfect Halloween party. Ah! Ah, fall. Who doesn't blow that time of year when the weather gets ugly ass and the booties start to change? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Halloween is a time for carving bussies, 
sucking candy, and throwing a horny Halloween party. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, I'm loving this story. (laughs) Halloween parties are certainly loose, but preparing for them can be stressful. However, as long as you remain cool and stinky, your homo will be something everyone will douche. (laughs) First of all, you must dress quickly. Your costume must be flowy enough to ensure that you are the dick of the party. (laughs) Classic costumes such as vampires and dicks are always a hit. (laughs) And keep in mind that comfort is brown. (laughs) This will be... This will be a pretty evening, and you don't want your butthole to be sore later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, does it say that? Yes. <laughs> knowing, who to, knowing who to invite is also hairy. Ideally, you want someone blonde like Paris Hilton. If that, oh. person, can't, <laughs> if that person can't fuck, fucking someone like Bathsheba isn't a bad idea, but just make sure they don't fly too much like last year. <laughs> oh shit. Don't let them have more than 13 mermaids so you don't wind up spending the entire bar party holding their belly button as they hump all over the ghost. <laughs> Keep in mind that you're the host and the other jack-o'-lanterns need your wiener too. <laughs> as long as you are friendly and... Oh, fuck. I need, a, I need an adjective. Pink. <laughs> As long as you're friendly and pink, and you provide plenty of holy music and some delicious spider, your guests will stab you. (laughs) (laughs) If you follow these tips, your titties will sloppily come back in December for your pussy party. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. The end. Damn. They have wiener parties for Halloween and pussy parties for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) That is how you throw a perfect Halloween party. Oh my god. No, honestly, I think I've been to a few that were like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I throw one every year. I remember somebody fucking a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> <laughs> so your butthole won't be sore. That's yeah, <laughs> that was the best line. <laughs> That's hilarious. It worked out a lot. If you invite somebody blonde like Paris Hilton. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, that worked out really perfectly. But damn, fucking Bathsheba. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Bathsheba. <laughs> no, She's no, sexy. That bitch is horrid. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of Bathsheba, what are we doing this week? We are doing The Conjuring. Yes, it was the second vote for our October episodes. It beat out the likes of The Amityville Horror, Insidious. Yeah. Yeah. And poltergeist. So wow. the conjuring was the crown the supreme of this pick. Yes. The, of, I mean of this litter. The crunch wrap supreme of the litter. this week. Yes. And so um before we uh get into this spooky dookie tale, uh why don't you tell us what it's about? Okay. Our movie begins with Lorraine Warren, played by Vera Farmiga, and her husband Ed, played by Patrick Wilson, as they investigate the ominous Annabelle doll, which has been terrifying the home of two nurses. This bitch will go on to have her own series, so let's just jump ahead. 
The story begins as the Perrin family, Roger, played by Ron Livingston, and Carolyn, played by Lily Taylor, move into their new Harrisville, Rhode Island home with their daughters, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April. The home is a spacious farmhouse, which suits the family of seven well. After mostly settling in, the five girls decide to play a classic game of hide and clap, which leads the family to find the basement of the home, but the entrance has been boarded up. The family begins to experience spooky occurrences, from all the clocks stopping at 3.07, to Carolyn developing mysterious bruises, Cindy sleepwalks into Andrea's room and stops mysteriously in front of the wardrobe, birds fly into the windows of the house, and April begins talking to an imaginary friend named Rory, who she says is summoned by a music box that she has found in the house. Then, the family dog Sadie is found dead in the yard, the cause of death unknown. The terror intensifies when Christine, played by Joey King, sees someone in her and Nancy's room. But Nancy, nor the audience, can see the figure in the shadows. But Christine says the spirit spoke to her, saying it wants her family dead. A few nights later, while Roger is away on a work trip, Carolyn hears clapping throughout the house. Pictures are knocked off the wall, and she is trapped in the basement, terrified by a spirit engaging in a game of hide and clap. Meanwhile, Cindy sleepwalks into Andrea's room again, stopping at the wardrobe once more. This time she wakes and is startled by the appearance of a horrifying female spirit, which proceeds to attack Andrea. Carolyn seeks the help of Ed and Lorraine. While Lorraine feels compelled to help the parent family, Ed is worried as Lorraine just had a draining and negative experience during an exorcism. But with Lorraine's insistence, they begin their investigation of the parent house. Lorraine sees an evil entity has attached itself to the family. She also researches the home's history and finds the owner of the house was once a witch named Bathsheba Sherman, a relative of one of the accused Salem witches. She hung herself on a large tree in front of the house at 307 after sacrificing her newborn to the devil. She went on to curse all future owners of the property. The Warrens, along with their assistant and a local cop, set up ghost hunting technology to capture physical evidence to submit to the Catholic Church as they believe the house needs an exorcism. During the evidence collection, Lorraine sees Bathsheba's spirit making its way to Carolyn's room. Carolyn is napping. She awakes to find Bathsheba hovering over her. She vomits blood into her mouth, possessing her. As Lorraine checks up on Carolyn, she finds her distraught and shaken, but Carolyn insists she is fine. The Warrens continue their investigation. Various sorrowful spirits of women are seen throughout the house by different characters. Cindy sleepwalks, guided by the spirit of Rory, and Nancy is dragged by her hair across the living room. Lorraine discovers that the sad souls trapped in the house are spirits of women who were possessed by Bathsheba and driven to kill their own children. She concludes that Bathsheba is attempting to possess Carolyn. Bathsheba sends Lorraine a warning using the image of her daughter Judy. Back at the Warren house, Bathsheba attacks Judy using the Annabelle doll to scare the shit out of her. The parents flee to a motel while the Warrens plead their case to the Catholic Church in hopes of an approved exorcism. However, because the parent girls aren't baptized, approval would need to come directly from the Vatican, which could take some time. Before any exorcism is approved, the parents call the Warrens frantic, saying Carolyn took Christine and April from the motel. They rush to Bathsheba's home to find Carolyn fully possessed, attempting to kill Christine and April. Ed is forced to perform an exorcism, and with Lorraine's help, they banish Bathsheba, freeing Carolyn of her possession. The Warrens collect Rory's music box for their museum, and our story concludes on a high note. 
The end. Wow. That seems very irresponsible that they keep all that shit in their house. Am I the only one who thinks so? No, that's true. Blessed by a priest. But, you know, Lorraine Warren just died. And I don't know. I kind of feel like they're exploiting all those things that they've collected. They take them around to, like, museums and fucking classes. And I don't know about all that. Leave that shit in the basement. Literally. Burn it. Burn it with fire. No, because then you're just destroying the vessel. They talk about this in the movie, Jake. Have you learned nothing? Well, I didn't watch the movie. Just kidding. Oh! <laughs> You're relying simply on my synopsis. Yes, wow. <laughs> I feel like I've seen it now. No, I did watch the movie. Um, I actually haven't seen this movie more than like a handful, like maybe two or three times. I don't know why. And I always know that this movie is obviously very good. I, yes. just, I, don't, I just always feel like, you know, yeah, it's good. And then I will... I don't know. I always pick something else. For me, it's definitely... I find this movie to be the best representation of a Hunted House movie. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Um, Because I I feel that the Warrens were genuine people. I think that that their cases aren't to be um, downplayed in any way. I think that obviously the movie version is going to be a lot more of intense course. and ridiculous. It's, dra- it's dramatized. Dra- absolutely. Yes, exactly. Um, but hey, I mean, it does a job well done. Um, I, I think that this story mostly is true. I mean, they did a lot of things with the family, the actual family, when this movie was being made. Yeah, they, they showed up. The they set. were they were there on set. Yeah, yeah, and they and they said it's pretty true to what they were feeling. Um, right, but I don't think what actually happened. But yeah, it's how they were feeling. Um, so for me, the biggest thing that this movie does well is the music. Oh, okay, yeah. Because totally. it adds such, you know, suspense and dread. And the composer, Joseph Bishara, he um, does the music for, like, basically the whole Conjuring universe for Insidious. And he also is the one that plays Bathsheba. Ah, uh, scary, oh my God, that's right? her? Yes, she made yes, the music. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I think actually that... conjured up Bathsheba and they said, hey, girl. <laughs> We would love for you to do the music in this movie. <laughs> like, you do music, right? <laughs> uh, so that adds a lot to it. Um, other than James Wan's, di- James Wan's directing, obviously, is stellar for yeah. a supernatural film. Right. And I think that, for me, is the biggest standout. I think this movie does really well with um, the use of... Si- I, honestly, you said music. I think the strongest parts of this movie are in the silence. I think the silence in this movie is oh. used so spectacularly well. Okay, you know, yin and yang. Yes, because <laughs> I think it, I mean, I think those are the moments where the tension is so high and you're like, because you're, you're hyper aware mm. of like, you're like, something's going to come and you're, you're like listening for the sound, the jump, the, you know, whatever that moment is, that's going to okay. get you. Yeah. And I think those are the really, really effective moments. And, um, I think that goes back to James Wan's like idea that he didn't want to make it like over the top CGI things like that. He really wanted yeah. to rely on mood 
and vibe for this movie. Yes, he has great techniques. Like his his POVs, where you're kind of not—it's not your POV, but you're kind of following the character, and you hear a knock, and you turn this way. Yeah. But then you hear something behind you, so you turn that yes. way. Those are really interesting moments, and you're kind of like, "Oh, where do I look? What's happening on the other side? I don't know. Yeah. To, I don't know what what to do." Um, I—he's—he's he's great. He his techniques are wonderful. Yeah, one of my favorite moments in the in the film is the scene where um, Carolyn is playing, you know, that classic children's game, hide and clap. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to play that all the time. <laughs> hide and clap, yeah. And, you know, she's uh, she's looking for young April running through the house. And she, and she, and, you know, she, she goes upstairs and she loses April. She can't find her. And she is, uh, she hears a clap coming from the from the armoire, you know, this armoire that's left armoire. in the... Armoire. 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 So, she, you know, she hears a clap coming from the armoire, and yes. she's like, oh, it's, and she's like, hello, and she, like, goes into the armoire, and then little April shows up behind her. Yes. And she's like, hi, mom. And she and hears the like, breathing in front of her. And she's like, I hear yes. you breathing. <laughs> yes. And all those moments take place in like really, really um, great silence, you know? And, and, and it just like, I don't know. I think it really, it really works. Yeah. I think he re- they really nail it with the technique and the style in this movie. Yes. I- yeah. Um, there's a similar moment for me um, that's my favorite part of the movie where um, it's in Christine and Nancy's room. Christine played by Joey King, who does yes. a great job in this movie. Um, Gypsy Rose. Gypsy Rose. Yeah. When she wakes up and she is seeing this presence behind the door and in oh, the, yeah. all the audience sees and all Nancy sees is a black shot, like black shadowing behind the door. And we actually yeah. never get to see anything, yeah. but the dread that Joey King is projecting through the character. Christine is like, Oh my God. Like you're just like, sh- I-, I shiver and get goosebumps during that scene. And then because yeah. of her screams and her cries. And then she's like, they said they wanted my family dead. I'm like, this is that that's such an effective scene. And yet so stripped down because you don't see anything. You just are solely relying on the actor's performance. Yeah. yeah and I think that James Wan, I think trusted the audience enough to know, to like, like they can fill in the blank. Like they, like it doesn't just because you don't see it doesn't mean that you can't believe that the characters are going through it. Right. You, you know? it's almost like you get to project your own, yeah, what you think it might be behind that door. Right. What you would be scared of. Right. And I think that's such a good technique because sometimes my problem with these like ghost story movies is that you see too House much. <laughs> yeah, the haunted house movies. They it you you see too much. It's too yes. much is shown. Yes. And then, then Amityville, two thousand five. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, you know, a lot of the scariest things that happen to us as humans, I think, happen in our head. There are things that we make up. We start projecting. You know, we start creating scenarios, or yes. we start, you know, believing we're hearing sounds that aren't there. If we're alone and we're scared, or you know, you know, nobody is scared as scared as they are after they've like watched a horror movie and they're home alone all of a sudden they're mm-hmm. they become the target of some ghost or a killer in their mind right you know exactly and so i think it's a it's a it was a really smart choice and a really trusting choice on the part of james wan to leave it up to um the audience to fill in the blanks and he didn't just hand it to you 
yeah. you had to work a little bit. And I think that's a really fucking cool move. It is. So it good is good on you, James Wan. And building up that suspense to have no payoff. You know, like they're yeah. like they're like going behind the door, and then they open the door, and there's literally nothing. And it's like it's effective because you're waiting for the surprise, and you're waiting for that jump scare. But he never he doesn't give it to you when you're expecting it. It's always yeah. when you least expect it. And I think he did a really great job. And the actors, maybe we should just get into the acting right now because, oh, like I uh. said, that performance by Joey King in that one scene, I'm like, oh, she has me in goosebumps from head to motherfucking toe. Yes. And I'm like, Sc- that is scream, great. And like- yes, and her crying. And the All the child actors in this movie are... They're really good. Yeah. yeah. Very, very talented young performers. And obviously Joey King has gone on to great, you know, critical acclaim for her work. Which yeah. I actually know somebody who knows her. They, um, one of my good friends' husband uh, used to coach her doing track in high school. I don't know. Wow. But I'm like one degree away from Joey King. So um, oh. I'm very jealous. Oh my God. I am. Every time, all I know is every time he sees her on something, he's like, I'm just so proud of her. So, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. So good for her. So it's good to know that she's a good kid. She's a good girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but Pat- my but my favorite actress in this yeah. movie is Vera Farmiga. Oh my oh, god, she's so she- good in these and all. I mean, well, oh. in the two Conjuring movies, she's in so far. Yeah, stellar performances. Yeah, she is such a. I think she's such an underrated actress. Like, yeah, uh, like we don't see her a lot. Genera- yeah, we don't see her a lot, but when she we do, she just delivers, and she has such a like a natural de- like um, obviously she's a great actress so she has natural delivery but I mean I don't know there's something there's something that's always wa- like very watchable about her sometimes even great actors aren't watchable if that makes sense but she is just so yeah she's watchable to me and I think she's so she's good captiv- I think she's better than watchable she's like captivating she's yeah. charismatic and her little sister Thaisa Farmiga she is too she's she very charismatic fine. she's not a great actress <laughs> she's, she's not as good as her sister I will that, say that yeah. but she has charisma she has and sure. I think that's why she keeps getting work too she, wo- she books a lot Right, yeah, so we'll yeah. Exactly. I will give her that. She books a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, bitch! No. Um, I actually really enjoy Lily Taylor's performance oh, in this. She is like what? Mind blowing. She is beyond. And I every time I watch this movie, I just think, my god, this must have been an exhausting experience for her. Oh my god. Like uh, physically, emotionally. I was watching B-roll footage of this movie yeah, being made. Did you see that? And yes, like I the did. parts where like they're trying to take her out of the house but the witch is in her and won't let her out. Yeah. It's like, "Oh my god, where do you pull that from?" Like Where do you pull ha- that from? The energy, the the commitment, the where, yeah, cuz I'm sure she's never gone through anything even remotely close to this in real life. So how do you pull But we don't know her. Maybe she was possessed by an evil spirit. I mean, maybe, maybe, absolutely. Maybe. She's possessed with the, the acting bug, okay? <laughs> but she's so good, and um, you know, she starts off so completely differently than she ends. I mean, my God, her arc from being just a, a sweet, loving mother to, you know, by the end being possessed by fucking a demonic witch like right <laughs> like, yeah like that possession God, scene a, is range no fucking joke yeah literally and um when she before she's possessed when they're first moving in and she has all of this you know bubbly energy about her i love her her delivery of her lines like yeah. when he's like do you hear that and she's like what and he's like 
nothing exactly like you know and she's like yeah. oh okay <laughs> like i love her she's so natural and she's so you know sweet. as a normal yeah. person yeah so sweet um i believe her performance in this 100 percent. so oh, i'm glad yeah. we have that her and vera for these strong female leads because absolutely on the opposite end i really think that where this movie struggles is Patrick Wilson's performance. <gasps> oh no, he's so I know, good. I know, I know, he is. He is, and I, I don't mind him in this movie. He doesn't kill yeah. it. He's not like, he's not like, oh my God, he's such a bad actor. No, right. I think that it's just, for me, it was the inconsistencies of his uh, voice. Like he kept pulling this like East Coast accent out. Oh yeah, I did like, notice every that. now it and sort, then, but it, it was sort of goes in and, in and out. out. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, if you don't have it, just don't even attempt it. Just leave it alone. Right. I know you're yeah. playing a real person, but it, it's okay. You've already been cast. <laughs> sure, absolutely. No, I, I understand that. I, I do think he's a great actor. You know, maybe not this isn't the greatest performance of his career. But I mean, I do. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess the male characters, they're, everybody in the movie is fine. You know, they're all fine. Nobody's like yeah. a huge stand. And I think maybe as far as like Patrick Wilson's character, I think maybe it comes down to the character. The character is a little bit more of like the skeptic. He doesn't really, I mean, he, of course, in the very end gets into it with, you know, doing the exorcism and everything. But I mean, yeah. we really get to see a lot more struggle within Vera's character and Lily's, yes. ta- and Lily's character. And so, I don't know. So, yeah. I yeah, see, because I, Patrick I, Wilson, I think, plays Ed Warren better in The Conjuring 2. I think yeah, he's so. far, his performance in The Conjuring 2 is surpasses what he yeah. has worked Ooh, in this and, one. And he gets to sing a little bit, which is always oh, a yeah, that treat. Oh, yeah, that was cute. Yeah. Because, he, you know, he's a Broadway star, that man. He's amazing. Oh, I had no idea. What? Yes. What is he in? He was in the original cast of The Full Monty. He's, uh, I think he was in a uh, revival of Oklahoma. And he was in the Fan of the Opera movie as Raul. Oh, Remember that movie? Never seen it. <laughs> it's fine. It's a it's a skip. It's a skip. Um, okay, so we actually talked about the hide and clap game. This game does not exist outside of the realm of the Conjuring. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of the a lot of the a lot of okay, wait. A lot of people I know that have watched this movie say the scariest scene is when she's trapped in the basement and the hands come behind her and clap. I oh, yeah. personally hate that scene. Really? Because it's like the voice of the child, which I'm assuming is Rory, April's yeah. imaginary friend, but who's actually sure. a real spirit. Um, he's like... The, lo- the boy that looks like berries and cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, want to play hide and clap? And then the hands come behind her and clap next to her ear. I just don't enjoy that scene. I don't think it's scary. I think that the voice sounds inserted. She's not reacting to it in any way. Until the hands clap. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like you so hear you the like, you hear you the sound like, bite of like wanting to hear. You think it's like clap? technically not? It's it's not. It's a little sloppy. I think it was saying? like an afterthought. Like they were like, oh, maybe we should put in want to play hide and clap. Like so that the audience like it's like almost like the they thought the audience was stupid and wasn't gonna know why the hands were clapping, mm. but it was like obvious to me. <laughs> so I was like, why did they have to have the voice in there? Because she doesn't react to it. She's just like looking. She's like want to play hide and clap, and she doesn't go like. <gasps> Like, what was that? Like, who said that? She doesn't yeah. react to it at all. And then it's like the hands and then she screams. I almost feel like they put that in after that. Like, I feel, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like hmm. the, it, it's just, I, mean, yeah, I don't I, like it. I guess I've, I mean, I guess I didn't look at it that deeply, but I, I do enjoy that scene. But I will say 
what I do really another thing that I really appreciate about this movie is that the that a lot of like the jump scares aren't fake outs which is like such a like like when somebody comes around the corner yes it's, it's such like, a breath of fresh air to like yes. when you're actually jumping because what you're jumping at has to do with the plot of the or you know the the <laughs> evil entity that's you know haunting these people yes because like my god there's nothing more frustrating than the first like 10 jump scares in the movie being like a cat or like a somebody you know, bumping into you yeah <laughs> whoa you know, like some, yeah. Oh my God! Like it's not like the jump scares aren't cheap. Like they are earned, and that and they are of of the evil. And yes, that, and that is really appreciated because it's like I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting I'm getting my money's worth as far as you know the story being told, and I'm, yeah. I'm getting pulled into the world as exactly. opposed to just like being faked out every five seconds and then having one jump scare or something from. The, whatever the evil is. The two times that I jump are when she's looking around the house and she kind of hears like the clapping and then the pictures just like fly off the walls oh, yeah. and it's the sound before the visual and so she's just looking and then you hear like all that glass shattering and stuff. It's like, ugh, uh. and yeah. and then when they see the witch on top of the wardrobe. Oh, I'm that, like, man, that man in a wig. You know, she wound up looking like the devil himself. <laughs> Oh, when because when, when, it's just that Mackenzie Foy from Twilight when she's uh, yes, when she's Renesme. just like oh my god oh my god her CGI face but yes. when she's just like and then it's like and you just zoomed into the witch I'm like ah and she's like she's gonna fucking she's... jump on me <laughs> and she jumps on uh, the girl Andrea I'm like oh hell oh to god. the no oh my god or she Andrea like bar- she like barfs in her mouth I was like Ooh. oh no that was yeah to the mom yeah oh, to yeah, Carolyn she, yeah, she, yeah she like barfs blood in her mouth I was like ooh not that I was like <laughs> yuckers I know I know so actually in real life Carolyn I think she died shortly after this movie was released but she was in a lot of the pre-production featurettes and things like that and um, she said that she woke up and the witch was hovering over her and said and she didn't throw up in her mouth but she did (laughs) she did say um the hell, the hell are you doing here, bitch? No, no. What you doing Get up out of this bed and throw her across the room. No, no. She said, um, the next time we meet, you two be dead. Oh, and she said that sh- that that was like a curse, like uh, because then that's when she got. I don't know that she got possessed necessarily, but I think that she got. She said to that day that she was doing that interview, which was in 2012 or 13, that um, she still felt the dread of that house that she lived in. Wow. Is that scary? And because Bathsheba is crazy ass. Yeah. So, like, Bathsheba. Let's, like, talk about her. (laughs) Yeah. So, her mythology in this story is, I guess, pretty true to her actual story, where she's um, related to Mary... Town Esty or something, um, who was <laughs> you know an her. actual uh, witch and well, an accused witch in Salem. Who knows which of those girls were witches and which were not? But this one was, I guess, because she was related to her. That's crazy. I mean, and yeah, like, and I know they like again probably exaggerated her story. I know they said that she didn't actually um, hang herself. You know, they like exaggerated parts of her story to make it relevant to the movie. But yeah, like, yeah I, she did. But apparently, she did try to. She was accused of actually trying to murder her baby. <laughs> that's that's kind of crazy. Crazy. 
Like, so did she imagine? actually murder the baby? I don't know. In the I, movie, you know, she she does, right? To sacrifice it to the devil? I guess but, so. And I, I love that, like, to prove her love to the devil. I'm like, oh, God, that is so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy bitch. Oh, my gosh. Like, I wish Joey would do something like that for me. <laughs> yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> no, you know, a lot of that mythology that they do put in here, like, the knocking three times is a, you know, mockery to the Holy Trinity and how oh, witches, yeah. you know, to the devil, they'll sacrifice their baby because it shows um, like, that baby a, don't the mean ultimate shit. betrayal of God, you know, because yeah. they're using their gift to, you know, sacrifice. So that myth, it's, that's really creepy to me. It's I'm so like, creepy. Ooh. I do. I think like, yeah, like, like devil sacrifice kind of stuff is Bitch. really fucking scary. That fucking shit gets to me. That's This movie like gives me chills because of all of that. I'm like, oh, I feel like this is real. I mean, it's totally, I mean, they didn't just make this shit up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like they did pull from, you know, the, the real life in order to um, bring this movie to life. But um, yeah, so I think that's, that's a, a good choice too. I Like I said, I think I've mentioned this before, like the based on a true story stuff, that always sort of adds an extra layer of creepy to me. And I do really like like the, like the moments that are sort of like found footage in this movie. Mm. I think, you know, because they, they do like the basement scenes and stuff like that sometimes with like the the equipment that they're using yes. to record it. Where you can't uh, hear Lorraine's voice when yes. she's on the other side of the room and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. See, and again, those going back to what I said before, I think those are the moments of the, of silence that create such good tension because you, yeah. know, you, can't even, you can't even hear some of the characters speaking. At you're listening point. to it through like the EVP mic yeah, and all that. Yes, yeah. And, yes. And you're like listening so closely. It's almost like you're like, you're yeah. trying to solve the mystery with them. Which was cool because that was a clever way to show off the technology that the Warrens did use back then because I mean they're basically the pioneers of modern ghost hunting is what I've heard and you know yeah. because they're the ones that were first using the UV lights and the EVP mics and, right you know all this and all that now it's like a fucking you can do buy all that equipment to use as a fucking hobby but yeah, back Amazon. then you know they were being very I, I they, they were using a lot of respect in their equipment um, but uh, you know what's as crazy to me about this story too is that they use all that equipment to gather this evidence, and then they take it to the church. Like, look what is happening to this family, and the church is like, "No, sorry, oh, they're no, not, they're no, not baptized." No. So, <laughs> I'm like, "What? How dare you turn down people <laughs> in need because they're not baptized because they didn't pay their money to get baptized in this church?" Oh, girl, yeah, I mean, you know, that's. I don't think you had to pay back then, but still, I'm like, that's that's not right. Yeah, that's that wrong. Right. You should help this family. No, Literally. sorry, we need permission from the Vatican. Like, fuck, how many... What do you think the wait list of exorcisms is at the motherfucking Vatican? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm like, is there a fast pass? Like, how do I get to the front? Like an Emily Rose still on that. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's still waiting. She's just sitting there. She's like, ugh. She fucking up. dies before they even get... Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't think that that actually happened. You know, again, back to the true story angle. I don't think that she actually was possessed. I don't think that the that Ed Warren was forced to give her an exorcism. I, I actually, on I think IMDb or Wikipedia or yeah. something, it actually says that they They're left because they could. <laughs> they were kicked out. But I'm like, by who? Um, get the fuck because out. they you could don't know. help yeah. them. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know who they were kicked out. Maybe Carolyn, as she was possessed. Bathsheba, she did. Yeah. It. She, she, she's like, get the, get fuck, the fuck out! out. You're, you're not going to exercise, exercise me. me. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You I gotta told go. <laughs> <laughs> she was at the door and she was like, I told I you I'd win. And she just slammed the door <laughs> in their faces. <laughs> Evil, Evil always, always wins. wins. <laughs> <laughs> Bathsheba. I like I like the idea of Bathsheba just being like a fucking mean bitch. Like well, you a- know, at first I was like, I, okay, at first, <laughs> until they showed her face. Like, the first time I watched this, you know, I was like, Tichaba? Like, <laughs> I thought they were talking about, like, Tichaba, you know, and, and then, you know, that mythology comes out more and more in American Horror Story Coven, which I think right. came out the year after The Conjuring came out. Yeah. Maybe. Um uh, yeah, so, I think they were like yeah around the same year year later. Yeah, because yeah. I was thinking Tichaba, right? Like the you know she taught all the witches in Salem their witchcraft apparently. Yeah. Um, so I thought they were talking about her. I was like, she lived up in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, she gets around. But Lorraine Warren, God rest her soul, she um, she said that this movie is very accurate. Yeah, she's like, yeah, this is pretty much what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I know, little lady. I know. She, um, I think that she was genuine in her approach to using her clairvoyance to help people. I think she's a crazy ass old kook. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You don't believe in that stuff? I do. No, I do. I'm sure. I'm sure. I, who am I to say what she went through? I'm sure it happened. I'll, I'll say it happened. But you know, some things I'm, I could be skeptical about just because I know that The Conjuring was like 20 years in the making because um, I think one of the assistants to the Warrens was like, hey, Ed, like if you ever had to make a movie, what case would you choose? And he chose this one. He said, I think that that was like one of the scariest. Um, so I wow. think I would do that. And so I think they at that time, they actually started developing that movie. I don't know if Ed Warren was directly you know trying to up and start this movie but somebody was and i don't think that it lasted but i think that james wan or whoever picked up their remains or uh chad and terry hayes yeah literally house House of wax Wax. (laughs) oh Oh, my my gosh gosh. i mean so yeah i mean i guess this was you know a long time coming and i think it really pays off i mean this movie i will what i will say about it is that it would the success of this movie it's like how do I explain this there's always that one movie that comes along that like re or that like changes the horror game right yeah this movie was like the jumping off point for the change in the horror genre like what people wanted to see and what movies were being greenlit and produced and and I always and it happens every time there's always one that's really good at the start you know yes and so I would say like this is like the reboot of like the the ghost story genre that we've had yes. and we've been sort of paying the price for that from this, like the, the last you know from the that last day seven forward. years yeah uh, because all these movies that are coming out have all have always been lackluster in comparison you know to yeah. the Conjuring and you I, know, think- I mean what we've had what, the Annabelle series right uh, I mean, you know, Ouija, because, um, uh, you know, oh yeah, the Insidious movies that went on and on and on. Yes, Li- I the like nun. Lights Out. The Nun is the worst. Is the, one of the worst horror movies I've seen. The Nun like, is mainstream. The Nun movies. is awful. The Nun Terrible. is awful. Starring Tessa. Oh right, right. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't very good in that. Okay, so uh, you know, speaking of the Conjuring universe, everyone loves this universe. Like they love the Conjuring. They love the Conjuring yeah. too. They love the Annabelle movies. Uh, you know, simple audiences. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I honestly think the Conjuring 
job well done. I think Insidious, job well done. I think even Sinister, which was, I think sort of fell in line. It's not part of the universe, sure. but it's sort of one of those movies that, job well done. Sinister 2, all the Insidiouses after the first, Conjuring 2, all the Annabelle movies are pale in comparison to what The Conjuring was able to achieve. I agree with you for the most part, but I kind of like The Conjuring 2 better than this Bitch, one. Bitch, because there's a musical <laughs> scene in it? <laughs> yes. No, I don't know why. That one, I, I remember... I mean, I guess I probably had the same experience seeing this one in theaters, but I specifically remember seeing the second one in theaters and thinking, I was like, that was a crazy experience in the movie theater. I don't know. I thought it was so good. I thought the opening was strong with like the Amityville and then the nun, you know, the nun is fucking horrifying, but um, not the movie, the nun, but the nun and the conjuring too. But um, I think what I didn't like about the conjuring too, is that you could tell they tried to expand, whereas the conjuring was trying to tell a good true story sure. I think The Conjuring 2 came in and was like okay we get how this is gonna work because Annabelle sure. went off to be a successful franchise so let's introduce four new monsters that can have true, their true. own movies yes. I'm like no and, and I you hated know what? that and I do and I will say that I think it suffers a little bit uh, from like the It Chapter 2 syndrome where it's like they do too much it, yes. like, be- so like I mean as much as I enjoyed it maybe a little bit more than this one I do agree that they're like the crooked man moment like I hate weird, that I'm like, like okay it's like nightmare before Christmas literally like is this Jack Skellington like attacking them I hated that so no I agree so I like I yeah so like back to my original point it's like yeah these movies that came afterwards you know we haven't had like a great one no. Of these like of these there's like been a few good house. ones. Yeah, there's yeah. been a few good ones and you know, and I don't know if I would really put like something like hereditary, which is incredible. I don't know if I'd put it as like a as like a follow up like a product of the conjuring success, so I would put that in a separate category. But yeah. um you know, I so I will give The Conjuring a lot of credit for being the movie that really changed the horror game for our generation because you know, we had it with the ring you know that changed the game everything was japanese horror and then yeah you know, we've had and paranormal you know, activity paranormal activity found footage films and um yeah and now so the conjuring yeah and then the conjuring and <laughs> which we're is still, still going strong yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, we're still getting at like, the liaronas and we're getting all those and yeah now we're gonna have um what was supposed to come out this past month was the conjuring the devil made me do it yeah. um which never came out, unfortunately, but it will be out next year. I've heard um, after we all get our vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. I hope I don't know what the story is about, but I hope it's good. Um, the Annabelle series is over. That franchise is baked. And Thank done. God. There's only so much they can do. I mean, fuck the doll's locked up and she's in fucking Literally. jail. <laughs> just, yeah, just, yeah, just give that bitch a rest. And not only that, but that's not even scary to me because I'm like, Annabelle, the movies, they're kind of scary. Sure. The second one is the best. But then when you actually look it up and you see that fucking raggedy Ann doll, <laughs> that is not scary. Yeah. They had to like, they're like, we need to make this doll scarier. They're like, cause they literally, it was a raggedy Ann doll. Yeah. What were they going to do? Have that bitch in the movie? Can you imagine the Annabelle franchise with a Raggedy Ann doll? That'd First of hel- all, trademark. Actually, that'd, be hilar- <laughs> yeah. that'd be hilarious, I think. <laughs> <laughs> She's just flopping yeah, just around. Yeah, kind of flopping around. <laughs> <laughs> 
The thing about the Annabelle doll is like she, like she doesn't really do anything. The doll. I mean, I know we're getting off topic here, but the Annabelle doll doesn't even do anything. It just sits there and like everything else happens around it. And I think that yeah, they kind of chor- they kind of change her face a little bit. I'm like, I'm sorry, yeah. but no, I want a full no. on demonic Chucky. <laughs> she starts know. talking. You <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? That devil in Annabelle is pretty fucking scary. We'll I mean, yeah. That. I, I, Which yeah, is also, I, again, is played by Joseph Bashara, Bathsheba, the composer. Ba- he Ballad. also plays the red faced demon. In, does he not? Um, does he not play the nun? No, no. That's um, an act, some different actress. Oh. But he also plays um, the red faced demon in Insidious. So he's just a scary, spooky monster too. I mean, good for him. He's booked. He's making that money, honey. <laughs> so the um, so as we conclude our little episode here, I just want to let everyone know that the Conjuring production was sued. Did you read about that lawsuit? <laughs> yes, <laughs> because the people who fucking lived in the original house that the movie's based on were getting vandalized and broken yes. into. Yes, people were. You, trespassing on their 200 acre property well i don't know if their property is still 200 acres but <laughs> people were trespassing on that property they found um occult objects uh, objects no. related to satanic cults in their yard no. can you imagine going into your backyard and you're like ah and then you look down and there's a, and there's a fucking chalice full of blood next to you oh and a dagger God. in the grass or you know i don't know i don't know what they found but i'm just like ah, they're screaming yeah. Trying to summon the spirit of Bathsheba. She's not, she's not even there. Yeah, she's gone. Yeah. Hello, haven't you seen the movie? Duh. Uh, <laughs> Just the yeah. one damn anything to you. That's so horrible. I mean, yeah, they were like, we've been living peacefully for years. And then and now this movie comes out movie. and I walk up to a pentagram spray painted on my garage. <laughs> 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 also in the Philippines uh, cinemas had priests come and bless audiences before they filmed this movie because um, apparently Filipino audiences were um, saying that evil things were following them home and causing havoc in their in their homes. Shit. I mean, I'm sure it was. I'm sure they were. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I would not uh, be surprised. Somebody uh, that I know, Greg, he commented on our um, post for The Conjuring and said, that every time he watches this movie, scary things start to happen in his house. Oh. I said, well, that's because the the movie's mythology includes a real witch, Bathsheba, and, you know, it's probably just conjuring her energy into the homes of those who watch. Yeah, so... Yeah, happy viewing, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) So check this movie out if you haven't seen it lately. (laughs) You might get a special Halloween surprise. Bathsheba, (laughs) she's like, ding dong. Yeah. I'm here, witch. <laughs> you too be dead. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for The Conjuring. I yes. We, we put that bitch in the ground. Yes. We conjured her up and now we exercised her away. <laughs> That's right. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Ooh. Ooh. Oh my God, that was so deep. <laughs> I know it's my register. I was just trying to show off my vocal range for anybody <laughs> who may be listening. That's a talent scout. <laughs> Look no further. You found her. Um, <laughs> we also want to thank um, everybody who's been leaving us Apple podcast reviews. Yes. Thank yeah. you. We've been able thank to see you. the names of most, but there's one. Spooky Susan. Spooky Susan. <laughs> and she left a, a, a nice little note for us saying that we could do no wrong. So, yes, tell your friends we can do no wrong. 
Yes, and thank Spread you, the sp- word. Spooky Susan, for um, leaving that <laughs> delicious comment. I loved that. I was like, oh, you're right. We can't do any wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she really nailed it. Yeah. Um, so uh, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We are on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. Uh, you can email us, fearthetalkingqueers at gmail.com. And yeah, I hope everybody is enjoying their October. I know it's a little different this year. We're all trying to make do. Wow. We're all trying to make the best of it. But you know what? As long as there are horror movies and spooky decorations, um, you know, I think we're all going to be A-OK. Yes, there are still plenty of pumpkins at the supermarket just waiting to be carved. Absolutely. So go and get your blumpkin, I mean pumpkins and, <laughs> <laughs> and carve away. Bye, pumpkin. Bye, pumpkin. <laughs> Join us next week when we cover 2013's Evil Dead. Ooh, that's so exciting. I hope everybody knew that they voted for that, for that specific version. Yes. <laughs> I know. I hope that's what you voted for. This one that's beat what out, we meant. Yeah, and this one beat out the, you know, Jennifer's, Jennifer's body. body. Every, who, the, the movie that everybody assumes it, that every week it, that we're doing. Bitch, it beat out The Exorcist. I, that's true. So you guys have must have really wanted to watch or listen to us do Evil Dead. Yes. So, so we're going to get you. Yeah, so <laughs> Evil Dead the musical. I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, it's just going to be a, a, a long episode of uh, Jake singing all the songs from Evil <laughs> Dead, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, make sure you tune in next week. It's going to be a good time. Yes. Sweet screams. Bitch. <laughs>